4: are the Super Bowl 42 champions. When
3: this happened, you talked about it on The Fan.
5: They knock off the mighty Patriots 17-14. to 14.
3: When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app.
2: Inside the 9 o'clock hour on the fan, joining us right now, coming off the heels of the Rangers' overtime victory against the Isles in the stadium series, it's Molly Walker, NHL reporter and New York Rangers beat writer for the New York Post Sports. What's up, Molly?
6: Hey, how are you?
2: I'm good. Uh have felt better, but, you know, it just uh, is winter <laughs> time. I have a 10-month-old, so, you know, I've been sick every month of this winter, but I'm, I'm champing it out. I'm fighting through it.
6: I'm right there with you. All of my friends have just gotten sick one by one, came home for the weekend for, uh, you know, the game, and now I got my mom sick, so I'm right
2: there with you. You know what? It's funny because I would have went to the game Saturday night if my baby wasn't sick and I didn't start getting sick. But I had the thought about how many people are out there in the freezing cold drinking, which drinking lowers your immune system, makes you more susceptible to germs and viruses. And I'm like, there's going to be a lot of people showing up to work Monday and Tuesday like myself with the sniffles. And I didn't even get to go.
6: (laughs) Yeah, there was definitely a lot of people there braving the elements. So (laughs) I definitely think you're right on that one.
2: Well, a thought that I had, I think I heard this in the broadcast, was that the Rangers hadn't lost outside. They hadn't lost an outside game, and Peter Laviolette hadn't won one, so something had to give. The team had to overcome uh, you know, his record, and they were able to pull that off barely, but they, they got the win. I mean, from your perspective, what do you think it was yesterday that propelled them to the win? What do you think it was with this whole winning streak? What do you think is going on with the Rangers right now?
6: Well, I definitely think Peter LaViolette earned that win himself with some aggressive in game coaching. But of course, you know, you got to give cre- credit to the Rangers as well. The power play, which hadn't been doing pretty that well for the Rangers the last month or so, came out and got two straight six on four goals. And then Artemi Panarin wins it, uh, in overtime. But yeah, Peter LaViolette made the decision to, to pull the goalie with almost six minutes left in regulation, which is a pretty aggressive move. But as he said, you know, it, it wouldn't have happened if he wasn't that aggressive. And, uh, as for the win streak, you know, they really turned it around here. It was a, it was a bad January for, for lack of better adjective. Um, it was tough. Uh, they definitely got away from, from what had, made them so great for, for the first few months of the season and had given them that first overall spot in the Metropolitan Metro Division, which they've had since October 24th, I think. So, uh, But they built themselves enough of a cushion that now that they've turned it around, they've just been building on it and making it even bigger here.
2: Yeah, another great story that I picked up on watching the broadcast and the game, Matt Rempe. Uh, that Thank kid you. making his debut, he got to take his rookie lap. I heard in the broadcast, which I hope I'm correct, that it was six years to the day that his father passed, and mm-hmm. he's young; he's 21 or 22, making his debut. I can only imagine the emotions, but what I just felt for him was, a, "What a movie!" Like this guy gets to go out there in MetLife Stadium for his first game. He, he gets into a little scuffle, a little fight right away, and that kind of breaks him in. Can you tell us more about Matt Rempe?
6: Yeah, you really couldn't have drawn it up any better for Matt Rempe. You know, when he first was drafted by the organization, he was just kind of this lump of clay, which my dear colleague Larry Brooks described him as. He's six foot eight and a half, which uh, he made sure to include that half the last time I checked on his height. Um, But he just was kind of this special kind of player that, you know, seemed pretty far away from, from the NHL. But he's just been molded by the Rangers organization for the last four seasons or so and has steadily gotten better and better and the Rangers do need some size and strength at the trade deadline so I think that uh Peter LaViolette and Chris Drury wanted to take a peek in the cupboard and see what they had and Matt Rempey was a guy that's you know kind of stood out in Hartford this season which you couldn't really say so in the past the guy of that size and and the physicality that he brings you almost had to give him give him a look, and, and for him to draw that uh, outdoor debut, he was the first player in NHL history to do so. Um, and on that anniversary, just what a, what a special moment. And it was actually Matt Martin who challenged right. Matt Rempe to the fight, which I don't even know if Matt Martin knew that that was exactly what he wanted to happen, because for Matt Rempe, that just makes him feel right at home. And, and it was pretty obvious that that was... got him into the game and and he was just able to you know probably calm down a little bit from that which is kind of funny to say
2: (laughs) no yeah i I love that about hockey i'm tapping my wife like look 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 like i'm trying to explain to her i'm like this is this kid's first game look he's already getting into a fight they're letting him fight they dropped the gloves (laughs) i I don't know i think that's sick i think that's a perfect way to enter and and I, i think that's a great uh story for him and he got the win and he just joined so many guys Right when I look at the Rangers, they just have so many dogs. Whether it's uh, the mm-hmm. Breadman, Panarin, and Lafreniere, Mika's advantage. There's so many good players on their team. A lot of uh, I'm hearing a lot of Rangers fans say this is the year, or you know this has got to be it. It's it's 30 years since they won it. Do you think they actually have the right team this year, led by the right guy, to get to the Stanley Cup and win it?
6: I definitely think that they have. You know, some reinforcements that they need to bring in in certain aspects of the game and in certain parts of the lineup, but. This foundation has been in place for the last few years now, and they consider themselves to be in a championship window. And, you know, two seasons ago, they go all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals, so they've proven capable of going far in the the playoffs. So the foundation has not changed. It's the same core, and now they bring in a guy like Peter LaViolette, who is a battle-tested veteran coach who knows what he's doing, you know, proves the other day that he makes very strong in-game adjustments, and he's a motivator that's another thing that he was brought in to do and and so far especially at the beginning of the season i had never seen them play the way that they were playing within his structure and uh you know the pointers of the game that he emphasizes uh, they really bought into it and they really have bought into him and his message so i do think that they have the right guy at the helm for sure and and like i said the core is in place and it's had the potential it's shown the potential so it's just a matter of you know, bringing in the right reinforcements and then just actually getting over that hump.
2: We're on the phone right now with Molly Walker, NHL reporter, New York Rangers beat writer for the New York Post Sports. Uh, everybody says you're not going anywhere without a goalie. You're not winning in the playoffs without a <laughs> goalie. There's been a ton of talk about Vesna winner Igor Shosturkin. Obviously, Jonathan Quick has filled in pretty well. What are your thoughts on the goalie situation for the Rangers moving forward?
6: Yeah, the Rangers have been absolutely spoiled by goaltending, and Igor is is of no exception to that. He has been a rock for them for so many years. He's had his tough spells. But when, you know, when things get tough and and when they really need him, he most of the time is there for them. And he's an absolute elite goaltender. And and like you said, you know, you don't go anywhere without that. And especially the Rangers, they've kind of made it a habit of relying on some extra elite goaltending, which they shouldn't apologize for because they've had it. But, you know, definitely not something they want to make a habit of uh, if they go further into the playoffs. But definitely, Igor course, is is a Stanley Cup winning level goaltender. And the way that Jonathan Quick has backed him up this season has just been so special just for everybody in the New York area to watch a guy like Jonathan Quick, who have broken their hearts in the past, um, to then come in and and be this uh, vintage version of himself is maybe not even doing it justice for what Jonathan Quick has been like to watch this season. So they've really got a a rock-solid goaltending tandem, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, they'll be all right if they don't run into the Devils again this year. The Devils last year, obviously, <laughs> you don't want to see them twice back to back years. Uh, were you there for the Devils Isles or the Devils Flyers game the night before the Islanders took on the Rangers?
6: No, I actually wasn't there, but I watched a little bit of on of it on TV. It was also high scoring, super fun game and. I can't even believe that they got both those types of games for this weekend. It was really something
2: spectacular. Yeah, I I wondered about the turnaround, right? So the next question I'm going to ask you is about, like, anything you uncovered, anything you saw about the process, uh, maybe kind of peeling back a layer for us so we could see, you know, what goes into it. Because I was just thinking myself about how big of a production it is, how big of a stadium it is, 70,000 people, 80,000 people showing up uh, from, you know, people being there at midnight the night before to turn around the next day and people are coming right in. Like, I tip my cap to all the people that work at MetLife Stadium and just Mm -hmm. setting that up. But was there anything that you got to see as far as, like, you know, how the sausage is made, they say? Like, anything you got to see from behind the scenes physically going there to cover the game um, as far as their execution and how they made that that stadium to come to life for an outdoor hockey game?
6: Well, yeah, 100%. I mean, it's just an absolute spectacle, and and takes so many different people to to make that happen. But the one thing that I was really curious to see how it came out was the ice quality because everybody likes to talk about the MetLife Turf and and NFL players are, you know, threatening not to play on the on the MetLife Turf because it's so bad and all the injuries that have happened on the MetLife Turf. I was wondering if they were gonna be able to churn out some good ice quality, but the consensus in the Rangers locker room was that it was a lot better than they even expected it to be. So I mean, that's probably one of the best Compliments that the MetLife Stadium staff could have gotten is that they were able to preserve the ice and definitely the temperatures helped them out there. But, you know, it's difficult to put together, you know, really good ice like that. So, especially on a whim when you haven't been doing it regularly. So, I definitely think the MetLife Stadium crew deserves a lot of credit for being able to pull that one off.
2: Yeah. What do you say to them doing something there every year? I've been talking about it. it doesn't have to be the stadium series. But now that they've done it and executed it on back-to-back days, maybe we just get one game. Maybe next year it's Devils-Rangers. They just have Mm -hmm. one game there, and uh, they call it something else.
6: Well, I think anybody that was on at either of the games this weekend would ask for 10 more, you know, every single year because of how amazing it was. And, you know, for the fact that the Rangers Islanders rivalry, the Rangers Devils rivalry, rivalry, whatever it may be, uh, you definitely can't get enough of that. NHL fans want it, hockey fans want it, New York fans want it. So I definitely think it would be, uh, an awesome thing for them to consider. Now, I'm I'm a new hockey
2: fan. I won't say new, really, but, like, I was a hockey fan as a kid. I kind of fell off of it. I blamed the lockout and the strike. But then I got back into it being on WFAN. I just didn't want there to be a major sport that I just had nothing to speak on about and didn't have knowledge of. So I ended up becoming a Devils fan. I, I love it. I enjoy it. But, like, what do you say to the people that are fringe fans or not even casual fans but just say, ah, oh, hockey sucks or nobody watches yeah. hockey? Like, I think this past weekend – was the biggest thing to debunk all of that. Like, look how many people showed up to watch hockey. It was nationally televised. What do you say to people that say, like, you watch hockey, nobody watches hockey, or hockey will forever (laughs) be behind uh, basketball, baseball, the NFL?
6: Well, as somebody who played a lot of different sports growing up, I always like to tell non-hockey fans that if they take into into consideration all the skills and practice time and and the work and the effort and just the general skill set that you need to be a well-rounded athlete, take all of that into consideration and then add being on skates, on ice, on a sliver of a blade. And think about how much more difficult and how much more entertaining it would be to watch Athletes perform at that sort of level. It is one of the most entertaining games that you could ever possibly get into. And the storylines between the teams and the history between the teams and the rivalries, um, even, even up in Canada, even more so up in Canada, they worship it. And, you know, there's a reason why. So, I I mean, I'm obviously a little biased, but I think that hockey is the greatest sport in the world, and everybody should be into it just as much as they are all the other sports.
2: I know Paul agrees. He's nodding his head. Paul reached out to book (laughs) you for my show tonight. And you know what I I said coming off of the NHL All-Star weekend and the stadium series, while we look at the NFL Pro Bowl, lame, and the (laughs) NBA All-Star weekend, I'm like, hockey is winning right now. Like, they're always winning. They've been doing better uh ratings are up and and the amount of people that are interested in hockey is there but like hockey is they're executing the NHL Gary Bettman they're they're doing what they need to do to keep the sport alive and growing and and I feel like there's only more to come you love to see
6: it yeah absolutely my one critique will be that this was the first time the Rangers and Islanders played in Over a calendar year, which I just think is an absolute cardinal sin, but that's about it. Otherwise, yes, I definitely think All Star Weekend, the way they revamped it, the way they redesigned it, how they included Connor McDavid in the drafting of everything, you know, that's you know, the right sort of decisions to be making and the right people to be looking to. He is the face of the game right now, one of the best players, if not the best player in the world. So they're making all the right moves and doing all the right things to try to grow the game.
2: Yeah, my hope is that we get to the spring months. It gets warmer. April, May comes along, and uh, the hockey conversation is dominating the basketball conversation here. It'll be tough. I know the Knicks are good. The Nets will (laughs) probably be somewhere trying to get in, but I think there's a chance that we have... The Rangers at the top making a run, and hopefully it's my devils getting in there as well. And uh, we'll have you back on when it gets warmer to talk about the Stanley Cup playoffs.
6: Yeah, absolutely. I love that.
2: Molly Walker from the New York Post covering your New York Rangers and the NHL. Molly, thanks for joining us tonight.
6: Thanks so much for having me. 877-337-6666
2: puck fans come through. Let's talk about the stadium series. NBA fans, not one NBA fan has called up to defend the all-star weekend. That's all you need to know right there. There's not one NBA fan that's like, what are you talking about? I enjoyed it. That was great in Indiana. Nope, done. And I really do think, obviously, we're going to be high on the Knicks. But the Knicks have a lot of getting healthy and coming together to, to do. The Rangers... They got to get a little bit healthy too, but like they're at the top. They just got to keep winning and stay at the top. And I've seen this town turn into Rangers town. I've seen it in the last 10 years pretty often. So there's a chance that, I mean, the Nets might not even make the playoffs, but if we have Devils, Rangers, or even the Islanders in the playoffs again, I missed it last year. That's another regret. I will have a regret that I didn't get to go to the stadium series this year. And I also will regret that I wasn't able to get on the fan last year when the Devils knocked off the Rangers. I'm listening to the fan, and I'm like, wow, you would think that the Devils were the Carolina Hurricanes. You would think that there's no Devils fans listening. It's all about the Rangers and what the Rangers didn't do and how the Rangers felt. I'm like, man, somebody get on the mic and give credit to what they're doing over there in Newark, New Jersey.
1: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
7: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game.
2: KM to AM, we're halfway through. Shout out to Molly for joining us. Shout out to Bob for joining us. Coming up in less than an hour, my guy BK, Brendan Cuddy, who's down there in Tampa. He met with Juan Soto today. He wrote an article today that I feel like you need to read if you're a Yankee fan, right? Especially if you're a Yankee fan, screaming for Blake Snell and uh, saying that this isn't enough, Keith. This is the same team. This isn't all in. They didn't do enough. They don't have, like, "I I hear you, but at the same time, I hear you and think that you don't understand how things work, and that's okay. That's that's half the fan base. I'm not the smartest Yankee fan. I don't know everything, but I know enough. I definitely know enough to host the show. And I know reading and listening to a lot of y'all, like, that you got to just just read. Read The Athletic. 199 They I got it set up through my PayPal. They take 199 out of my account. It's worth it. And they'll give you all the game that you need, right? Let me pull a line from uh, this article that I saw I was like, oh, people need to uh, know that. Oh, let's see. Uh, for example, if the Yankees were to offer Snell a one-year contract worth $40 million, they would have to pay $44 million in luxury tax penalties, bringing the total outlay to $84 million. We'll we'll talk to BK about it. We'll talk to Brendan Cuddy about where the Yankees are with their payroll, what they can and can't do, and then that'll save you from disappointment. That'll save you from being like, oh, I can't stand this team, fire Brian Cashman. Why'd they let the Giants sign Blake Snell? You want Juan Soto here? They have starting pitching. They just have to stay healthy. So we'll get to the baseball conversation in in a minute, but uh, thank you for calling talk puck and talk about the stadium series so we can continue to live in the weekend that was and we can continue with the non-stop coverage on the fan around the nhl around our local teams and around this great sport and nhl dominating and doing what they're supposed to do stay down till you come up nhl it's your time let's go to jr and union what's up jr you're on the fan
8: hey keith uh I'm sick too, so uh, don't mind me. Everybody, man. Everybody's got something underneath them. (laughs) I know. If if my voice gives out, it's not that I'm going through uh, puberty, you know? (laughs) You sound like a grown man. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I went through that uh, 50 years ago, you know? (laughs) Puberty, I can't even say it right, so...
2: I know uh, what you meant. I went through it, too. I don't know how many years ago. Not something yeah. I want to go through twice.
8: No, I don't want to go through it again. <laughs> yeah, I, I just want to tell you, I'm like uh, Lisa. I've been listening to you, but I haven't been calling. So
2: Appreciate uh, it. Shout out to everybody who listens and never calls, but then something will happen and you'll say, no, now is my time to call.
8: Exactly. So, so Keith, uh, you and I were uh, born and raised in New Jersey. And wasn't it nice to see a New Jersey team playing in the Meadowlands, which is in New Jersey?
2: Yeah, yeah, where the Devils used to play. I loved everything about the presentation. I loved the, the Jersey pride. I love how they just had nods to the diners. Man, I got so pumped when they went to the Stone Pony Asbury Park. I'm like, that's where I'm from. Like, it was great. Yeah,
8: yeah I know. But, you know, uh, it's it, it's time. The Jets and the Giants have been playing here for an awful long time. Either they call themselves the New Jersey Jets and the New Jersey Giants, <laughs> or they can get out of my
2: state. You know? <laughs> I'm right there with you. People ask me, how would you become a Dallas fan? I'm like, well, when I was a kid playing the video game, they would helicopter into East Rutherford, New Jersey, with the New Jersey silhouette of the state at the 50-yard line, and neither one of the teams that
8: played in the stadium claimed my state. I know. It's ridiculous. You know, it, it's not like we're a suburb of New York City, you know?
2: Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I've got a ton of pride for New Jersey, and I just kind of looked at the Jets and the Giants like, well, they're not necessarily the team that I have to root for. And when I was a kid, I didn't know where Dallas was, and they were easy to root yeah. for. But as a kid, yes, I felt some kind of way about, hey, are we not good enough? Are we second-class citizens? No, New yeah. Jersey is great, and there's a lot of great people and things and places and uh, a lot of pride coming from the Garden State.
8: Absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, well, it was nice to see Tommy DeVito in those uh Tommy Stop Cutlets,
2: doing. the pride of Cedar Grove. Don Bosco,
8: right? Yeah. So anyway, uh, Keith, yeah, I just want to talk about the Devils real quick. Uh, the three goals that the Flyers scored were uh, point blank shots, almost from the slot. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got to clean that up. You yeah. Know? Yeah, they got to work on
2: a few things if they think they're going to win and make a run. I'm still, I'm still hanging on to that Kings game that they lost last week. I oh, wanted that already. one.
8: Right. Didn't that hurt? It hurt because
2: it, it was getting chippy. And it's like, come on, like Nico Dawes held it down and we just couldn't find our way.
8: Oh, yeah. He, he made some incredible saves. And sh- we, we should have gotten a point out of it, you know? Yeah.
2: Jack was doing a lot of talking. And I mean, Jack, now that Jack is back, it's like, come on, Jack, be be, be you. Be who we know you to be. Don't worry about all the barking and back and forth. Like, be the guy. Power play has got to tighten up and uh, defense has got to tighten up and they can make a run.
8: Yeah. You know uh you're right uh jack has Jack plays for for a little guy with so much skill. he plays with a lot of passion,
2: you know he's a hockey guy, hockey family, hockey kid, born to do it, uh best player on our team, and a uh, young guy on our team uh, they they hit it out of the park drafting him um but oh, since yeah. he's come back, it isn't like he's come back and light the world on fire. Man, he started off this season on such a ridiculous run. I think he like got to like 19 points or 20 points faster than anyone else in history. And then obviously right. he got hurt. That's what I'm saying. I'm just ready for him to get back to being Jack.
8: You know, and his brother, Luke, could could actually be better. It's yeah, no crazy, slouch either. Man.
2: Luke is just young and still finding his way. But uh, good to have him as well.
8: You know, I, 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 b- before you let me go, I just wanted to... Uh, Talking about this, uh, the way Nico Dawes is playing, uh, I don't want to go after a 34 year old goalie like uh, Jacob Markstrom and give up the young players. How, how do you feel about that?
2: I don't know. I keep hearing Markstrom's name, and I keep hearing. I heard a call today on Evan and Tiki, like just wait till the Devils make a trade for a goalie. I think you explore it. I'm happy to see Nico Dawes doing like doing what he's doing, and, and uh, you know, like I said, he had the most saves in an outdoor game, and he's been great for us, but. I mean, if you have a chance to potentially get better, you get better. But maybe there's, like, last year we were leaning on Akira Schmidt. That came right. out of nowhere. Maybe maybe this is uh, Nico Dawes' year.
8: Yeah, you know, I, 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 I don't want to sell the uh, future for one year, you know? Give up the future for one year because...
2: Uh, yeah, got to see what you can get. Got to see how much you got to give to get.
8: Yeah, because I think, I think some of these goalies will be available uh, closer to the trade deadline, you know? Uh, but the only thing is, I, I, we, our cap space, we're we're right up against the cap because mm-hmm. Timo uh, Meyer, uh, he's got a huge contract. He's he's been hurt this year, but I, I don't feel he's earning his money this year, and I don't know if it's because of injuries or whether he just
4: he, he maybe just he'll
2: will... come along when we need him most. I, I said earlier that was the move last year that Devils fans were clamoring for Timo time. Timo time is it Timo Meyer time? We we got Timo Meyer, um. Yeah, he, he, he's he got to be a little bit more. And I think
8: he can be. Yeah, he's, he's underproduced. He's only 27, so I'm not giving up on him, you know? And no, not I at all. Under- just expect, just high expectations
2: produces. come with that contract and that trade.
8: Yeah, but it takes up a lot of cap room, you know? It's not like baseball, but, you know, what can you do? So
2: Yeah, just rooting them on. They got to keep winning, stacking wins. I'm, I'm waiting for a winning streak. That's another reason why I wanted that Kings game. I'm like, come on, we need a winning streak. We got to like really go after it now to separate ourselves and, and put ourselves into the playoff picture. But they're right there, and uh, I, I think they've got a good shot.
8: You know, I would have settled for one point against the Kings because they're in the other conference, you know? Yeah. Just getting into overtime. I just wanted a game
2: because it was getting chippy and they were fighting, and I'm like, man, we need to just, you know, at home, stand on business and take this one. But it didn't happen that way. Um, what did you I say? everyone, uh, right?
8: Say that again? You can't win every game. No, know? of
2: course not. Um, help is on the way. I saw today uh, Jonas Siegenthaler is coming back. So, right. you know, Dougie Hamilton, I think about Dougie too much. I think the Devils think about Dougie too much. Like Dougie Hamilton being out. But right. uh, they've got enough to make this run and get back to where they were last year. Let's see it.
8: Well, well we missed Dougie on the power play. There's no doubt about mm-hmm. that, you know. But, uh, you know, the the, the the kind of like the uh, – is Simone Nemich, who just turned uh, 20, is uh, is playing great. He yeah. would have been in the minors all this year if Hamilton uh, didn't get hurt.
2: Jesper so, Bratt, that's everybody's guy. There's, the, the Devils have plenty guys, man. The Devils have a lot of guys on their team to get it done. Thanks for the call, JR. got to keep the line moving. Let's go to Dave and Comac. What's up, Dave?
7: Hey, how are you, Keith? I think it's time for the Islanders to rebuild the entire team. Or sell the team. I'm just sick of seeing what I saw last night. That game. It's too many wide open net losses from Sorokin. It's too many stupid bad penalties from uh, Barzell.
2: Dave, the last time I spoke to you, I think I took a call from you and another Islanders fan. This was, I think, almost two months ago. The other Islanders fan was optimistic. You were completely (laughs) pessimistic on the other side. And just the contrast then, fast forward to now... I think you were right. I think you ended I up...
7: I said at the end of December they would be out of it. Well, I was two month, a little late by two months, but me and Gil Martin, you know who Gil Martin is? Gil Martin has a podcast called On Islanders, and there are also two other guys I'm friendly with. Uh, one is uh, TJ and Grumpy from uh, uh, Never Say Die, another uh, YouTube podcast, mm-hmm. uh, and they all tend to agree with me that the Islanders, the Islanders need to fully rebuild, including the goaltending. And uh, everybody thinks that Sorokin is, is the greatest because of all the shutouts he had. And I say, why don't you go watch the videos of the highlights of all the, the games that he's lost? How many games did he lose by leaving the net wide open or too far out of the net or too far left or too far right? And then you'll see what I'm talking about. I don't care about the shutout. Yeah. How many games do That games. one was
2: a backbreaker yesterday because the Rangers score first and then what was it, uh, three unanswered or four unanswered? I think the, the Isles were up 4-1. The one.
7: Isles were up by three goals in the first period. Good grief. They gave away the game <laughs> and the last part of uh, the the, the, uh, the third period, as usual. And but the, they, and that's when the stupid penalties started to happen. Mayfield, I think, if I'm mista- not mistaken, Took a tripping penalty. I mean, what I don't understand is they used to know how to play what's called lockdown defense, right? You know, play a trap. Once you have the lead, let them, uh, you know, let them take the puck to you. You know, just lockdown defense. And they couldn't do that. And even though they scored five goals, you need to tell me you can't hold a one or two goal lead or a three goal lead. There's no no excuse
2: for that. The script played out. Perfectly, Dave. Thanks for the call. The the script played out perfectly. Another comeback win for the Rangers in dramatic fashion in front of uh, all their screaming fans. The Islanders give it up, as you've seen them give it up, and they uh, blow that lead in that game. And it's like I heard Tommy screaming about the whole Big Brother, Little Brother thing. The the movie script played out perfectly for the Rangers to continue their win streak and beat Little Brother on national TV on the first Sunday without NFL football and uh, yeah, everything just went right for the Rangers fans. That's what I said yesterday when I got on air. I'm like, if you hear my voice and you're thinking about going to that game, go. Go. I hope I convince one person to drive over there and get a ticket, and uh, now they have a memory for life.
0: No, it, 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 the, the scene looked so awesome. Yeah. And, again, I ha- I didn't have too much interest in going But when you see, like, the atmosphere, and even talking to Sean a little bit for today about how his experience was, obviously amplified by the fact that the Rangers won— you know, it just—it's an awesome scene. A once in a—you you don't want to go once in a lifetime. Because it's just a hockey game, so but it's far, like a once in a lifetime so thing. So far, it's yeah. valid that
2: that's once in our yeah. lifetimes that they—that's the first time they've done that over there.
0: No, I agree with that. So I, listen, it was—it was awesome. I, I love the fact that all three local teams are going to be probably really in the race. I think I think the Islanders a, are obviously in. Islanders have a stretch to go. I'm gonna disagree with the earlier crawler with with JR. I think the Devils should go for it. I think the Dougie injury is big. It's the most underreported, talked about thing in the league this year is Dougie Hamilton essentially being out for the year with some sort of injury, probably a collarbone. They should get a goaltender, whether that's Markstrom, whether that's UC Soros head of Nashville. They need a lockdown defender. Probably could use a little some help on the back end as well. If you're you can't you, you have this sh- short period with Jack Hughes and all these guys, and you don't know when you're going to get back there, yeah. So you can't just assume, oh, next year, this year, that year, right? Go for it now. If you think you can make do damage in the playoffs, go for it now. That's what I would do. Yeah, if I was
2: and you know what? We compare years, year to year. You don't want to take a step back from what you were able to do last year, and like you said, the window can be open, and then it's closed. Let's go to Hal, New Jersey, and talk to Alex on the fan. What's up, Alex? You got it.
1: Hey, Keith, what's going on, man? This is my first time calling into any radio show, and go figure, you're a Jersey boy. I'm from um, in Howell by way of Tin Falls, Monmouth Regional. Yes, sir. Um, so it's nice to talk to you. Um, you know, just calling about the game yesterday to piggyback off of what you guys were just talking about. The atmosphere was electric like I've never been like to anything like that and to have hockey in a football stadium just shy of 80,000 people if you if if you were online today and you were checking out all the videos the air went into the stadium it it just died out you can hear a mouse fart waiting for the call <laughs> and then it just erupted yeah like, it it's, was, it's hard to get that amped up for people. the Jets
2: or the Giants games on Sunday now like and once the, once the Jets and the I Giants mean, get yeah. get midway through their season, the fans are not hyped up like they were yesterday and the day before.
1: It, two different crowds, obviously, watching two different sports. And, um, you know, to talk about what you were talking about with the lady from the, uh, was it the Post who was on earlier today? Molly Walker, yeah. Yeah, from Ms. Molly. And, uh, you know, it's just hockey's just a different animal. Like, I got to be honest, never played a down of football, never played really much of sports. I bowled in high school but uh you know hockey seems to be the one that that's the hardest. Yeah. Yeah, that's Tell the toughest. Tell me tough football guy player sport. to turn on a dime. That's the to turn on a dime and go backwards.
2: Yeah, that's the second. most challenging. You got to skate, you got to handle the the stick, you got to watch out for guys trying to take your face off. Uh it's cold. Yeah. <laughs> it's a
1: lot to deal with. It, it's just it's just crazy and like you know for the Rangers like hey listen, you know uh he, he's not doing what we wanted him to do in the past, but he's grinding these games out, and I think that's the mentality of the team. And they'll, they'll bail him out. They, that, and that is a team. Every they will bail time. him out. It, it's relating to, like, yeah, you know, we talk about, like, you know, Mets and Yankees. They can never – we got a great pitcher. They can never bail him out with runs. Yep. the same instance, but these guys are actually following through. Great call,
2: and Alex, for just, your first a, a call. Well
1: done. Yeah, man. Thank you very much.
2: Shout out to my guy, Glenn Blackman, from the Devils over there. Uh, He gets credit for being the first person to reach out from the Devils and bring me in. He just sent me a message. He said, I'm listening now. The person in charge of the Devils ice was in charge of the Stadium Series ice, and he left three weeks ago to start the process on all that. So, like, man, like that's what I want to know. I hope, and I don't know if this is being done, but I hope that there is a behind-the-scenes like documentary or something that the NHL Network puts out or one of the teams put out of like making the stadium series and what it took to transform the stadium, the ice, even the way they set up the like two kitty rinks. And uh, since it's in New Jersey, they they played heavy on the New Jersey theme. They made it look like a park. It had like walking pathways and benches. I just I don't know. I thought it was clever, well executed, and well done. Richard is in Manhattan. Next up on the fan, go for it, Rich.
5: Keith, who had a worse day yesterday, St. John's or the Islanders?
2: The Islanders. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> the Islanders should have won that game. Everybody saw it. Not too many people saw St. John. Shout out to Seton Hall, though. Seton Hall and uh, Shaheen Holloway and what they're doing over there with the Pirates in New Jersey. Uh, you got to give them credit, too. But, yeah, the Isles, the Isles and the Isles fans, probably. Not the Isles fans, because there's Isles fans that went out there and had a blast. But the Islanders as a team, they, they got to be feeling it after losing that one in that fashion.
5: Keith, I, I, I want to get back to the uh, Islander game, but a quick thing about Petino. Here's my thought. I like Rick Petino, He's a winner. But I think the guy is getting older. He had a spot at Iona. It was quiet there. The team was good last year. They played a tough game against UConn, first round of the NCAA tournament, and he was improving the team. He didn't need all of this. Now, you're going to say the guys won everywhere, but he's never been 71, 72 years old either. This is going to be a tough challenge. You can see what it did to coaches like uh Sabin and Jay Wright with the NIL and all this. This yeah. changed the landscape he's for coaches. Two generations older
2: than the players he's coaching. He's trying to connect with these kids that are 18, sure. 19, 20 years old. Yep. Uh you know, that was that was an interesting post-game press conference.
5: Very, very and it, strange.
2: And he told the truth, and I think it revealed a lot of frustration and sure. exactly where he's at, and I don't know if he'll change his tune or what he'll do to change, you know, things moving forward, but a lot of that is on you, Ricky boy. A lot of that you got to look in the mirror
5: sure. and figure it out yourself. He had it, made it Iona. He was fine there, no pressure, a little less money, a little mm-hmm. less fanfare. Anyway, all right, as far as the, uh, the hockey game, can you imagine – trottier and messier throwing out the first pick. puck that's unbelievable i mean yeah. that would be a yankee let's say a dodger uh that's met what i'm game. saying
2: they did such a good job even <clears> even <throat> with marty Brodor dropping the put like they did such a good job um,
5: unbelievable can you imagine a met Dodger game colfax and Siva throwing out the first pitch or a yankee giant game Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle throwing out the first pitches. I mean, what a touch. I've never seen that in New York. That was unbelievable. The stars. Yeah, again. It was, it I heard was well Mike Keenan was there. Too bad Al Arbor wasn't alive. He, I mean, you just have so... And this is for the fourth sport in New York, the fourth-rated sport, major sport, hockey. But yet what they did yesterday was incredible with all that they had, the fanfare and the stars and the past history... I couldn't imagine it. I was, and when I saw Tratier and Messier out there, I said you couldn't do better than this. Keith, always a pleasure. Thank you very much.
2: Thanks for the call, Richard. Yeah, another thing, like the entrances. I think the Islanders just showed up in their regular suits and pea coats, but the Rangers paid tribute to the NYPD, FDNY. Well done. Obviously, you saw the Flyers come in as rocky, cheesy, but they're from Philadelphia. Cheese steaks that's what they're supposed to do. Um, and then the Devils, I think, had the best entrance coming in in the, like, fila velour track suits and jackets, uh, playing into the whole Sopranos, uh, Italian thing. Like, it just, everything was thought about. I have a ton of respect for the time and preparation and the thinking and, you know, what goes into a presentation like that. It's not just the game. The, the jerseys were sick. The entrances were sick, and I'm sure the fans had a great time. I wish I could have gone to see it with my own eyes. Howie's in Mayho Pack, New York. What's up, Howie? You're on the fan.
4: Hi. Thanks, Keith. First time, long time. Thank okay. you for your service. Yes, sir. Yeah, just quickly, um, I'm a Yankee fan, giant, Nixon Rangers, Followed them my whole life, walked across the street from Yankee Stadium 33 years, saw 1,000 games in the, in the courthouse. Um, but I got to tell you, the, with this weekend's events, if if, if it's this if this continues, I think NBA, NHL kind of embarrassed the NBA this weekend with the shows that were put on.
2: Certainly, do you agree? Oh, yeah. I I watched both, and I grew up more of an NBA fan. I was not changing the channel from the stadium series to check in on what they had going on. Even during intermission, I'm like, all right, during the intermission, now i got to log into the TNT app because I stream everything, and they didn't have my my cable provider or whatever. I'm like, I don't even care. I'm going to quit on this. If I miss it, I miss it. I'm not trying to miss a second of this hockey game because it was electric the entire time. Right. Uh, And
4: it just – I could. I couldn't watch the NBA game. I'm a big basketball, big Knicks fan. I, I, I couldn't watch it. But at this point, it just continues. I firmly believe the NHL is gonna, could very well go past the, it de- the NBA. It, it
2: depends on the, on these playoffs, Howie. If, yes. I don't know, the Celtics end up meeting the Nuggets in the finals, and I, I don't know who else makes a run through these playoffs. If the Knicks get knocked off early, you know everybody in New York's not going to care about it. And if there's right. some other teams that aren't marquee teams, if like the Cavaliers succeed if the minnesota timberwolves succeed then nobody's going to be checking for the nba playoffs in the nba finals uh there's going to be a lot more talk about what happens with the rangers and uh the nhl playoffs the devils and whoever else
4: absolutely you know and it couldn't happen to a nicer team in the island is you know I, I i just quickly to show you how much of a of ranger fan i am every now and then I turn on Game 7, 1994, Rangers, Devils, and I still get nervous.
2: <laughs> Does that make Thanks for the call, Howie. Oh, I'm just running out of time. Paul is down in Memphis, Tennessee. What's up, Paul?
5: <laughs> too, I love this hockey talk. Thank you, Keith. Um, I am that positive Islanders fan. And guess what? Yes, licking wounds and everything else, but people call this the miracle in the Meadowlands 3.0. So I'd love your opinion. Is it Herm Edwards? Is it Deshaun Jackson? Or the Islanders lost last oh, night? Oh, wouldn't, you
2: have, wouldn't you have loved that? You're an Isles Temple, Wouldn't you have loved that to be the Flyers versus the Rangers and the Flyers lose like that? <laughs> so then there's a little bit of payback <laughs> between New York and Philly. I guess you can call it miracle in the Meadowlands, but like Philadelphia and the Eagles being the benefactors of those. Like, it wasn't a miracle for the Meadowlands faithful. Is true. Uh, the way that the crowd erupted after that, like, like that is something. The video of the, of the Rangers celebrating, uh, like, it, it's amazing. It was it, it was you. one of the better hockey games I've ever seen from start to finish. And I'm like, the world got to watch that. The world was yeah. tuned into East Rutherford, New Jersey, and got to see that.
5: Well, I went back and actually looked at tape of my four Islander Stanley Cubs just to recover. So good. At least you
2: got that. <laughs> at, at least you have that, Paul. Thanks for the call. <laughs> Mark is out on Staten Island. Mark, next up on the fan. What's
3: up? Yeah. I first time long time, man. How you doing? Good. Good. Um, Regarding that, I'm, I'm actually the, that fan that's uh, more baseball, football, um, and basketball. But people keep on saying that that hockey is the most is the hardest sport to learn. And that's actually the reason why people are not so interested in it. I rather go pick up a football or a baseball, or rather learn basketball. I mean, ra- I mean, a, a bunch of kids would, would rather put, bring get some skates, go to an ice rink, and play some hockey, or rather go play some hoop with a yeah. basketball outside. Uh, I, I
2: listened to Evan and Tiki today, and even. <laughs> Um, CeeLo and BT got into it this morning, like the economics of it and and the struggle for, you know, people to just play hockey without money, without access to skates and sticks and ads and helmets and just an ice skating rink. That is certainly a huge hurdle. Um, but I mean, there's ways around it and there's certain places and pockets where like people do have access. But when you're talking about just rolling a basketball out on a public court, that's always going to be the easiest uh, finding right. a, big in football, a, a big field and one football. A big field and one football, you can play
3: with uh, six people.
2: You can play with 22.
3: And uh, But baseball, what, do you, what do you think the reason behind is that, that that it wasn't ever picked up. I understand that people can't play that easy, but what's really the reason behind it? Because I see some people are, are crazy, die fans, and then some people are just simply not interested in it.
2: Yeah, it's, it's about, like, it's about where you grew up, how you grew up, who you were around, what was popular, what wasn't popular. I speak to my experience, and I can only speak – To my experience, being a young black man in black circles, they're not saying, yo, let's go watch a hockey game. I feel like that has changed over time. But, like, when you're a young black guy growing up, I remember going down to Florida and bringing my baseball glove and having my bat. And even my cousins that lived in the South, they're like, what the hell are you doing with that baseball glove? Come on, we're going to the basketball court. Yo, we're about to go to the field to play football. It's just it's a cultural thing. Uh, It depends on what neighborhoods and what, what type of people you grew up around. But I think that's changing, and I think that, you know, that can change in the future with uh, all kinds of communities, whether it's black, Latino, white, uh, wherever you are. Like, there's going to be ways to play street hockey. There's going to be ways. I I had my friend Aton Levine on. Shout out to Aton if he's listening. He put me up on an indoor Jewish hockey league that I had no idea existed.
3: Damn, with a full ice ring
2: and everything. No, they play on
3: basketball courts. Oh, Jesus. That's not hockey, though. But it's it's a
2: hockey league, like a floor hockey league that I had no idea existed. And we took calls on it. And I even got a couple tweets about it. So there's some interest there. I think it's certainly changing. Uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see where it, it goes in the future. Thanks for the call, Mark. Let's get to Avery in St. Louis before we go to break. You were out in St. Louis watching the stadium series, wishing you could be
1: there, Avery? Oh, yeah, I was, Keith. What did I tell you, though? Outdoor hockey is the best. I told you.
2: Yeah, go ahead. Tell me some some stuff about your Rangers.
1: Oh, no, I mean, I you know I'm a Rangers fan, and that was just awesome. I'm sitting there with my head in my hands going crazy. I'm like, oh, are they going to win? Are they not going to win? I mean, on advantage, I out that one-timer into the corner, and then Panarin gets it through the net that wasn't a net.
4: <laughs> yeah,
2: uh, that guy gets knocked away, and after review, Rangers win. Oh!
4: Whoa. After review, it was a good goal. Whoa!
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed was it. It was a good game. It. it was a good game. I
4: was living it from here. I was living it from
2: and here. and that is it exactly right. You you're you're from this area. You go to school in St. Louis, but you can turn on the TV. It's on ABC for everyone to find. It's not buried on yeah. on TNT or somewhere like ESPN Plus. It's where everyone can find it and you're able to watch and feel like you're at home and feel the energy and excitement. You've probably gone to Giants or Jets games before. You've probably been in that yeah, stadium.
1: Yeah. I know so, that, guys. I've been there many times.
2: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, it was awesome. And I just hope for the Rangers that success like that continues and that we can be gritty, which is something we haven't been really ever, and
4: go on and do great things You know what those great things are.
2: Well, yeah, there's only one great thing left to do. Thanks for the call, Avery. We all get it. 1994 has been referenced on this show. I've heard 1994 referenced all day today. Uh, (laughs) We get it. Like, this season's supposed to end one way for the Rangers and the Rangers fans. Can they do it? I don't know. We'll be watching. And with the stadium series, I heard Mora saying, this is the moment, right? A lot of us are going to feel like that was it. This is the team. This is how we'll know. Maybe the story's being written and... We'll be covering it on the fan for sure. I guarantee you, uh, there will be conversation about it. You won't you won't be able to turn on WFAN if the Rangers are winning and doing their thing without us talking about it and reporting on it. Uh, I should have asked Molly a question that Paul had about trade deadline targets. Paul texted me, Paul, like you got it next time. Just the mic is open. You're 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 welcome to ask Molly whatever you want. You booked her. I mean, Paul. When I when I'm getting ready for the show today, I look at uh, at Twitter. And I've got this list for all the WFAN, Odyssey, CBS sports guys. And I laugh because uh, I look at Paul's tweet. Before we go to break here, i got to share this with the audience. Uh, Paul Rosenberg, Vincent Von Vincent at Paul's Randomness says, I'm thrilled the Fringe Puck fans are getting tons of content on WFAN today. As the biggest, smartest, best hockey fan at WFAN 660, I welcome all to the hockey wagon, the most exciting sport in the world. Hashtag hockey Twitter, hashtag NYR. Keith McPherson on the fan. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. We get it.
7: Attention spans
2: just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?